Okay, Bruchem Abba welcome everyone. We're uh, continuing our Shirem on Sefer Bamidbar. The Shirem on Bamidbar are generously sponsored by our good friend, Dr. Zakheim, Umishpachta, Le'ilay Nishmas, Rav Shema Eliezer ben Rav Yaakov Zakheim, and Le'ilay Nishmas, Dr. Zakheim's mother, Rivka, Bas Tuvia Levi, Began Eden, Tehemenu Chassam, they should be Melissa Yisham for their whole family, Abi Asgoyal Tzedek. The Shirem on Sefer Bamidbar are also generously sponsored by my dear friend, Rabbi Isaac Yasolovsky, Le'ilay Nishmas, Isaac's father, Shavsi Rav Yitzchak Isaac, whose uh, yard site was Tesvav Sivan. Tonight's shir is sponsored by one of our leading campaigners in this year's campaign, Mrs. Yehudit Herman, in honor of her mother's fifth yard site on Tesvav Tamuz, Chaya Harriet Bas Label. Her Nesham Shamalia, she be a Melissa Yishar for her whole family. For Simcha Sanachas, Adbi Askel Tzadak. I'm going to begin with a disclaimer that the views presented in this year do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors. So, <laughs> nor they, nor do they need to reflect uh, your view. Actually, I want to f- uh, thank my good friend Rabbi Nissen Yachnis, who is a very uh, well-respected Rebbe and Mechanech, who has been asking me to speak about this topic uh, for some time. And I'll tell you the truth, I was very nervous to speak about this subject. And I'm still hesitant. And Hineni Heroni, Hineni Heroni Mimas, Nirash, Venifchad, Mipachad, this subject. But Toyrohi Velomoidan Utsarach. And hopefully we could present uh, this topic in the appropriate way for our times and our generation. Moshe Abenu is commanded by a Kodesh Baruchu to speak to the rock, to talk to the rock. And Rashi explains the rock got mixed up. So Moshe couldn't exactly find the rock. So what did Moshe do? Moshe hit the rock. Moshe was punished. He wasn't allowed to go into Eretz Yisrael. Now the truth is, this is not Moshe's first interaction with the rock. Um, and don't say, oh yeah, there's another time Moshe had an interaction with the rock when he said, rock hi shamer lecha. No, I'm talking about a stone. Okay? Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and Parshish Bushalach, there he was told to hit the rock. And this week's Parshish is told to speak to the rock. So the Yalkut Shemoini draws a lesson of teaching children from the two commands that Moshe was given in terms of how to interact with the rock. In this week's Parshish, Moshe is told to speak to the rock. The Yalkut Shemoini says that Moshe was not told to hit the rock. The Yalkut Shemoini says like this, when a child is young, the Rebbe... The father hits the child and teaches him. When the child gets over older, he reprimands him with words. So too Hashem tells Moshe, when the rock was small, when young, hit the rock. Now that the rock has matured, now speak to the rock. So the Medrash seems to be drawing an analogy of how to deal with children from how Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded to deal with the rock. When the rock was uh, small, when the rock was young, you hit the rock. When the rock grows older, then you talk to the rock. Children also. When the child is young, a poor patch, as they say. You know, a few, a few slaps, the Medrash is saying. When the child is older, then you speak to the child. Now I'm going to give a number of disclaimers. The first disclaimer is, for all you uh, out there who enjoy taking clips of my hour sheer, and like playing 30 seconds or one minute, 
I don't mind by any shir, but not this year. This year, you can only there no there no 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 clips no clipping my share this year. Okay, you need to hear the entire thing. Furthermore, you're going to write emails, messages. I don't want to hear any messages until you hear all the shiurim we gave so far in chinuch. Means we gave 30 different ingredients in chinuch. We did 10 commandments of chinuch, part one, two, three, plus the five things you need to emphasize. Once you've mastered that. I welcome all questions, comments, and uh, challenges. But um, please, please uh, appreciate what we're learning tonight in the context of everything we've learned so far. So the Medrash does seem to be saying there's a time to reprimand with physical force and there's a time to reprimand with words. In fact, Shlomo HaMelech, the wisest of all men, famously says, Chayseich Shivtai Sainai Benai. You know what that means? Spear the rod, hate the child. You ever hear that expression? Spear the rod, hate the child. Love the child, rebuke the child. If you don't have the, if you don't, if you hate your child, you're going to spear the rod. You're not going to enforce uh, rebuke. You're not going to physically rebuke. Furthermore, in Mishlei Parak Chav Gimel, Pasukut Gimel. Shlomo Amel says, Al timna minar musr, do not refrain from rebuking the child. Kisakenu if you hit him with a stick, what's going to happen already? He's not going to die. Again, that's what Shlomo Amel says. Now, this is not something you know, you're going to broadcast in the 21st uh, century. That's why it's just between me and you, right? But, uh, and whoever, maybe a few people who are listening, right? But, uh, that's the, these are the words of Shalomach. Again, don't cut in, you know, you have to uh, listen to what we're, everything we're saying tonight. Don't take anything out of context. Furthermore, Shalomach says, Shevet v'seichachas yitain chachma. The rod, rebuke, instills wisdom. Venar meshulach, but a lad that is self-indulgent, mevish imay, he embarrasses the mother. A self-indulgent child embarrasses the mother. Why not the father? So there, there's an interesting idea that when a child misbehaves, the mother is the one who takes it to heart. When the child does well, the father is the one who takes the pride. That's the human psychology. That Medrash brings us in a number of places. So basically, Shama Melch is saying that even though at first, you know, at first glance, you would think, you know, if you love the child, you buy the kid chewing gum, jelly beans, taffy, and if you hate the child. So then you make sure the child goes to sleep on time and eats a lot of celery and brushes his teeth. But Shomel is saying, no, it's not like that. If you spear the rod and you don't rebuke the child, that means you hate the child. Who hates? The, nobody hates their child. It means you don't really love the child. You're not, you don't really want to do what's in the best interest of the child. And frighteningly, the Shemais Rabbah records from the beginning of time great people the greatest uh, tzaddikim and giants who ever lived, and nevertheless, because they didn't rebuke their children with enough force, there were terrible repercussions. And the Medrash gives a number of examples. Okay, so uh, now, if you're if you're a guy who likes to listen to like five or ten minutes shirim, this is please turn off the shir right now. Do not listen to the shir because you can't listen to the shir unless you can hear the whole thing. Okay, unless you're going to stay till the end. 
if your attention span is like six and a half minutes, I'll send you a few six and a half minute clips and that, that will be good for you. This is not the share for you. But anyway, the Medrash says on the Pasuk, Chosech Shivtai, son, even I spare the rod, hate the child, that there was a man by the name of Avraham Avinu. And Avraham Avinu had a child. His first child was Yishmael. And Yishmael, you know, was a daddy's kid. Yishmael had Gaguim for his father. Avram Avinu really treated Yishmael with great uh, affection and great love. But because Avraham did not reprimand Yishmael, Yishmael left the straight and the narrow. And in the end, Avraham ended up hating him. And he had to throw him out of the house. What had happened to Yishmael? He became an idolater. So says the Medrash. You know what it means? If you hate your child, you don't reprimand him. Case in point, Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu didn't reprimand Yishmael. Yishmael ended up rebelling and Avraham ended up hating him. The Medrash continues. Yitzchak Avinu loved Esav. That's why Esav went off the path. That's why Esav left the observance of Torah Mitzvahs. And he became so wicked that he lived with an Amurasa and he became a murderer and he was Kaifer Betchias Hamisim and he was Kaifer Beikar. Why? Because Yitzchak did not rebuke him. Yitzchak never gave him physical rebuke. So Esav became a wicked person. And who did he team up with? The last guy who wasn't rebuked by his father. Who's that? Yishmael. So, you know, Esav found in Yishmael a kindred soul, another child to his father, bought him a lot of chewing gum but never uh, set him on the right path. Furthermore, the Medrash says that David HaMelech never reprimanded Avshalom. And therefore Avshalom went letar basra, and Avshalom came close to killing his father. And Avshalom lived with his father's concubines. And because of Avshalom, tens of thousands of Jews died. Why? Because it was the philosophy of David HaMelech just Love him. And what happened? He had a kid who became a misfit and tried to kill him and violated his wives. However, says the Medrash, someone who rebukes their child, he increases love for him. What did Yitzchak do to Yaakov? Yitzchak reprimanded Yaakov. Yitzchak told Yaakov, get to the base Medrash. Make sure you're doing the right thing. And therefore, um, Um, the matter says Avraham reprimanded Yitzchak and he taught him Torah and Yitzchak reprimanded Yaakov and he taught him Torah so basically the matter is teaching us that if you you don't like your kid then you're going to let him or her do what they choose to do and if you love them you're going to reprimand them you're going to not spear the rod spear the rod hate the child not only hate the child you're setting the child up for disaster. You're setting the child up for a career of failure, physically, spiritually. So certainly the Psukim in Mishlei and the historical overview of the Medrash are uh, very graphically teaching us that the welfare, the direction of a child is going to be dependent on the rebuke, but not just the rebuke, the, the, the Shevet, the... Uh, physical direction that is uh, guided by the parent. So, the, obviously, the million-dollar question is, 
We know what the Sukkim say in Mishlei. We know what the Medrash outlines. The question is, does this really apply in our generation? You know, we're not living in the times of Abraham Avinu, in case you didn't know. We're not living in the times of King Solomon. We're not living in the times of the Medrash. We live now in the year of Tavshin Pei Gimel. So the question is, should that make a difference? After all, the Torah is eternal. And the values of the Torah are eternal. And they're not dependent on uh, society. They're not dependent on social convention. And today, just because the atmosphere and the air is uh, equality and egalitarianism, but th- does that affect the timeless wisdom of the Torah HaKadosh? Now, when, when we talk about Shlomo Melch saying, spare the rod, hate the child. What is Shlomo Melch obviously doesn't mean, you know, a baseball bat with spikes on it, right? No, that, clearly that's not what he's referring to. The Gemara says in Baba Basra, Amar le Rav le Rav Shmuel bar Shilas. And again, if, uh, I, don't, I don't intend any humor to um, disparage the issue. There are unfortunately parents that abuse the privilege and uh, it's, uh, it's abuse, and it's kenege uh, the halacha, and it's literally retzicha. But, you know, I'm, that's just the style of the presentation. Um, but even in the times of Shalom he, he is, he's not referring to a, a cruel type of torture, a cruel type of infliction of, of harm. The Gemara Baba Vasra says, Andav Chafal Fahmed Aleph, Amar Le Rav Lerav Shmo Bar Shilas, Ki Machias if you're going to hit a kid, just use a shoelace. Okay, so you're not you're not using a club, you're not using a bat, you're not using a strap. You're using a shoelace. What's a shoelace? It's very thin. It makes a loud noise, but it doesn't really hurt. Meaning, even when you're using physical uh, force, it's with great rachamim. It's not something that will injure chas v'shalim. And in fact, the Sefer Hasidim says that if somebody hits Shaloy Letzarech, if somebody hits for uh, no reason, the sin is too great to bear. So it's, it's, a, it's a terrible sin. It's, all, it's, it's as bad as talking by Chazar Sashatz. So you have two great sins in this world, to talk by Chazar Sashatz, and then to Chazar hit a child for no reason. So the million dollar question is, how does this advice of Shlomo HaMelech apply in our times. What? So you say, you know, let's ask the uh, pedagogues, let's ask the um, sociologists and the child psychologists. No, that's not the approach of Tarasena Akdosha. We have to see what is the opinion of the G'doyle Apoiskim and the G'doyle Yisrael. Let us begin with the uh, writing of Reb Chaim Knievsky. Reb Chaim Knievsky in the Orchus Yoishar takes a very literal approach of what Chazal are telling us. He was supposed to, they came out of Mitzrayim, they had nothing to drink. Oh, Hashem told Moshe, hit the rock. The yeah. Time, this time he told him, speak to the rock. Also for drinking. Yeah. For yeah. So Reb Chaim Kinevsky says like this. He says, in the Yorchus Yosher, he says, there are people in our times, they think, you can't touch a kid. You don't touch them. They figure they need to figure out everything on the, on their own. Don't force them to do anything, and certainly don't hit them. Give them what they need. Says Reb Chaim, it's incorrect. It's wrong. It's wrong. Al Piyat Of course, you should not hit excessively, 
only very infrequently. Otherwise, you lose all effect you have on a child. But not, not to rebuke them at all. Reb Chaim Kenevsky quotes the Yushalmi and Chala. Reb Simon, those women that think, we're not going to force our kids to go learn in the base medrash. The Yushalmi says they're not doing the right thing. But rather, you need to uh, enforce that the children go learn. Like the Pasuk says, spare the rod, hate the child. Says, uh, says the Medrash, is there a person that hates their child? Yes, if somebody doesn't rebuke their child to go on the right path, the Darach of Chachma, the Darach of Darach Eretz, he is called someone who hates their child. However, says Reb Chaim Kenevsky, you have to be careful not to hit harshly. Like the Gemara says in the Ram of Haskins, only with the shoelace. And never hit when you're angry. You're not to hit when you're angry. If you're angry, you're not to hit. Because you're not going to get any benefit. All your child's going to learn. You know, you're going to teach your child a very valuable lesson. The lesson is that when you're angry, take out your anger physically on people smaller than you. You know, that's the only lesson you're going to impart if you hit when you're angry. And... Rabbi? Yeah, I'm... I'm yes? Sorry, the one small thing is a psychiatrist. The key part, the emphasize to a child, you're trying to say it the wrong way, right way, I'm saying they're better than that. They're just saying what they can be is not where they're at right now. Okay. Rather than being like hitting a physical. Okay, let's... Right now, right, right, right now we're dealing with uh, the literal... In, um, guidance of Shlomo HaMelech and the Gemara. So again, Reb Chaim says not to do so at a time of anger, not to do so at a time of frustration, but, and um, Reb Chaim Kiesky quotes the Chazoynish, that one of the greatest detriments in this world is if the Rebbe is lacking in good character. Because not only will be, he be ineffective in teaching Torah, but he'll basically be giving over bad character to his students. Because there's a, there's a statement in Chazal, people learn from your wrong and not from your right. So uh, the, the worst thing in this world is a Rebbe with bad character. But the bottom line is, Reb Chaim Kievsky writes very clearly that despite the fact that we're living 2,000 years after the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, and we're 3,300 years from the day the Torah was given on Har Sinai, and times are changed, and children feel like they're entitled. Nevertheless, Chazal are Chazal, the Pasuk is the Pasuk, Chayseich Shivtai Sinai Benai. You hate your kid, you spare the rod. That is what Reb Chaim Kievsky writes, and it's well known if you look in the Sefer Darach Sicha, Reb Chaim was asked, in our times, should one refrain from hitting a child? Are there times that uh, you do have to hit? So Reb Chaim says, yeah, there are times that you have to hit. For example, what? If the child does a very big avla, but in other words, if the, if the child does something very severe, so... Rav Chaim said, the father has to act with great wisdom to know that he should hit only one time and only once in a very long time. So they asked Rav Chaim, what about somebody who, it's not within their nature to hit a child. 
So Reb Chaim says, what about somebody who is not within their nature to shake a lulav and esrog? You know, you got to do what you got to do. Ain Breira. So they asked Reb Chaim, but we heard Reb Shach holds that it used to be you could hit a child, but today you're not allowed to. Because today if you hit a child, the kid is going to be, uh, he's, he's going elsewhere. Says Reb Chaim, of course, you have to know who, where, what, and when. But it's the opinion of Reb Chaim, and it's well known Reb Chaim Shita was, that if the Torah gives a certain advice about child rearing, parenting, then it's Pshutai Kamashmai, it's timeless and it applies in all times. And in fact, Rav David Goldberg, Rashivav tells, he uh, quotes the Rav Chaim in the Archos Yosher, and, uh, and he applies it literally for our times as well. Um, and it's interesting, Rav, Rav David Goldberg explains the need to use the Shevet in Kabbalistic terms. You know, the Chazal tell us that when a child is born, a Malach comes and hits the child and he makes him forget the whole Torah. So therefore, says uh, the Ramchal, in order, if the Malach comes and hits the child to sort of take the child off the right path and make him forget the Torah, to make him inclined to sin, then in order to get the kid back on the right path, then you need to use an equal counterforce also and hit the child. That's the Kabbalistic perspective on such a thing. However, so Rav David Goldberg, even though he said, oh, well, maybe Rav Chaim Knievsky, you know, he lived a very, very long time ago. He lived like six weeks ago. That was in a different generation. He lived in Bnei Brak. Rav David Goldberg, the Rosh Shiva in America, and he applies Rav Chaim to our times as well. Of course, he gives the following disclaimer. And please don't take out, you know, a five-minute segment of what I'm saying that I'm quoting Rav Chaim Knievsky. Listen to the whole presentation. Um, he brings that in the times of Chazal, it was possible to hit and to get some kind of benefit from it. In our generation, where people are very weak and people are very influenced from the street, children today need more explaining, more talking to. They have more kirov than in earlier generations. And therefore, Abdullah Goldberg says, to minimize uh, the haka and minimize the oinshim. And uh, furthermore, there's a whole sugya masach the kedushin until when a person is allowed to hit. But the Gemara says that to hit an adult child we, uh, is an avera of l'sitei because they're going to hit you back and they're going to rebel. And the Gemara even says we put you into cherem if you hit an older child. And the chidah says as well that depending on the nature of the child, that would depend... Uh, whether you're allowed to hit them. And therefore, Abdullah Goldberg says you have to be much more careful nowadays not to use the tool of the Shevet, only L'Tzorech Gadol, and in a way that you could get some benefit. In other words, even this Shita, Rav Chaim Knievsky, which Abdullah Goldberg is applying to nowadays, it's highly limiting because 99% of parents are going to hit when they're angry. You know what? If you're not angry anymore, what are you doing? Yeah. Rare is the parent who waits three hours and in a moment of ver- a calm turns to the child and says, Yeah, uncle, please come over here. I would like to be Mekayim, the mitzvah of Chayseich, Shivtoi, Soinei, Espinoi. And he's not angry and he's calm. Kids are looking at you like, you know, what planet are you from? But 
and you have to make sure you, only to do it if there's going to be a benefit from it and if the kid is not going to hit back. But, says of David Gobi, the most important thing is you have to have a relationship with the child. If you don't have a good relationship with the child and the hit is somehow going to endanger your relationship, then you're not hitting from a place of chinuch. It's just going to be damaging. However, says Rav David Goldberg, there are people who say today that the whole concept of shevet and oinesh is no longer applicable. Nowadays, just love the kid. And Rav David Goldberg says, he even saw a certain mechanech, a well-known mechanech says, that you can't hit a child even if the child is endangering himself, even if he's going to run into the street. David Goldberg says it's a big mistake because if there's no, you know, if there's no yiras ha'inesh, if there's no midas hadin at all in the parenting, then it will never be successful. Uh, we know yiras ha'inesh is a mitzvah sasei in the Torah. And we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes us. And it's our job, it's our job to follow the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Hashem's our father, but Hashem doesn't just... Yes, there's an idea that even when Hashem shows us punishment, He still loves us in His heart. Of course, Hashem always loves us. But the, the manner in which He deals with us is not always outwardly, you know, uh, fluffy and, and uh, smiley. There are times in life where Hashem, so to speak, shows His love by using the Midas Hadin. And therefore, we have to emulate the ways of Hashem. It doesn't mean Chas Hashem... Our, our love for a child never diminishes, but just think about how HaKadosh Baruch Hu deals with us. And therefore, this is of David Goldberg, there is an element of Midas Hadin in our relationship with, with a child. Even though, of course, he says, um, nowadays, the things are, are different. You have to show the child much more love and much more closeness. And you're, um, the Ahava and the Chiba and the Kirav has to precede everything, but nevertheless there is an element of the Midas Hadin, and he brings from the stipler that if, for example, uh, what would warrant, according to this opinion, um, the Shevet? So, for example, if somebody, do, if the child does something um, really grave, really with great achzarius, or if the child lied, that would be... Uh, in, in this opinion, that would warrant this type of uh, approach. Um, again, it can't be at a time of anger. You can't hurt the child. It has to be only if your relationship with the child is rock solid and the child knows you're doing it out of love. But when all these criteria are met, there is uh, you can't say that there is no viewpoint today that it's, a, it's totally off limits. This is the view of Reb Chaim Kenevsky, and Rav David Goldberg endorses this view. By the way, Michta Meliyahu also uh, subscribes to this, as did Harava Vigdor Miller, Zechet Salak Lavracha. But it's well known that uh, Rav Shloyma Volba, who is a great expert in the, in the field of Chinuch, uh, had a little bit of a, had, had a different viewpoint on this. Rav Shloyma Volba wrote a Sefer Zrio Binyan Bechinuch, and he talks about the parent who is very caught up in this big mitzvah of spare the rod, hate the child. And Revolba quotes a Pasuk in Zechariah. If you look on your sheet, in number 13, Zechariah talks about him taking two rods. 
One is called the rod of pleasantness, and one is the rod of physical harm. And Ravoba says from here we see that when Chazal talk about the rod, the rod doesn't necessarily mean the rod of brute force. It doesn't necessarily mean the rod of a hit or a patch. There is a rod of pleasantness as well. In other words, if you see a child and the child is acting improper and you say, you could do so much better than that. You're above that. Why are you stooping down to that? You know how great you could be? Why would you want to spoil that? So that's a different type of rod. That's the rod of encouragement, but it's still a rod. In other words, to say nothing, you're sparing the rod. But you could utilize a rod of sweetness, a rod of pleasantness. And Rav emphasizes people don't uh, realize how much harm they inflict when they hit a child. Rav Elia Lapian would always say, with children, only, only the good path. Only the good path. And Rav Elia Lapian, when he got older, he said he regretted every single time he hit his child. Rav Elia Lapian, when he got older, and he raised 11 children, many of them were great Rosh Yeshiva. And, you know, what did they do already that he hit them? But later on in life, Rav Elia Lapian said he regretted, he regretted every potch that he gave his children. You know, Rav Elia quotes the Medrash Rabbah, that says that every blade of grass has an angel standing over it. And every blade of grass has an angel that hits it. Says What do you think? There's an angel with like wings flapping over every blade of grass with like a club with spikes in it hitting the grass. Grow! 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 It's unusual for a grass to grow when it's being smacked. You take a, a bat and start hitting a blade of grass. It's not going to grow that much. So what do we see from here? That the word shevet doesn't necessarily mean stick. Shevet means a tool used to engender growth. That's what the word shevet means. Shevet doesn't mean a stick. Shevet means a tool used to en- engender growth. That's called a hit in the eyes of Chazal. Meaning when Chazal say you need to hit, hit means you need to do something to engender growth. But it doesn't mean you take a bat or a a hand, chas v'shalom. So when Chazal say spear the rod, hate the child, the rod means spear utilizing a method to engender growth in your child. But the rod doesn't mean a physical rod. Plus says Revolva, we know Chazal say if you're not to hit a kid who's going to hit you back. You know, a kid, you're going to hit a, a 17-year-old kid stronger than you. Some kids, they're 10 years old, they're stronger than the parents. So you, obviously you can't hit a, an older child if he's going to hit you back. You're a little naive. Says Rav Volba, what about a 3-year-old that you see when you hit them, they would punch you out if they could, but they can't even reach your waist. You see... They're raising their hand, but they're, you know, they don't, they're afraid to do it, but that, you see they're revving up to do it. Oh, so says Revolva, just like you're now to hit a child who's gonna hit you back, you're now to hit a child who you see in them, they're attempting to, to, uh, defend themselves. In other words, if you see in the, in the gesticulation of the child, 
in the body language of the child. That they're saying, how dare you do that to me? If I was your side, uh, size, I'd beat the living daylights out of you. Then you're not allowed to do it. If it's engendering any merida, any rebellion in the child, that's where Chazal say you're not allowed to hit because you're, you're causing the child to do Navera. It's not just if he's going to do the Avera. If you see he wants to do the Avera, that's also you can't do. And uh, then Ravelbo says that there's actually something uh, just as bad as hitting, if not worse, and that is screaming at a child. By the way, just as an aside, I'm not here to tell you any psychology. I'm here to teach you Torah, teach to learn Torah. But child psychologists say you're better off hitting the kid than screaming at them. But that's, you know, I'm not here. You could, you could do your own research. But screaming at a child is actually more damaging than uh, hitting the child. Somebody who is not capable of speaking softly and easily gets angry is exempt from disciplining their child. So you say, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem. Rabbi Chaim Velazhner writes, an Adam Kasan cannot be Maikhech. The only thing is, a father is a father is a father. So a person has to be able to learn how to communicate with a child without frustration, without <coughs> anger, and without physical force. This is the opinion of Rav Now, if you read his whole essay, it seems like there may be occasions where it's permitted if the child is doing something dangerous or something egregious, and if you do it in a calm manner and in a manner that doesn't hurt. But the upshot is that hitting is not part of the great occupation of teaching children. Okay. By the way, I'm not talking about a Rebbe to a child. Um, you know, Rebbe Yashiv, Chaim Pinchas Steinberg, already passed in a Rebbe, can no longer hit a child. I believe it is illegal in some states. Um, I have the legalities here, but I'm not talking about uh, Rebbe to uh, a, a child. Obviously, that's something that has drawn a lot of attention um, in uh, recent times, and that that's not done anymore in the yeshivas. But uh, in terms of a parent... It is generally maintained that Revolba's view, although if you read the essay, there might be situations where he would, let's say, allow it, but in his worldview, in the general approach of Chinuch, hitting has no place. And in fact, in the Sefer Avnei Shloimai, they bring the opinion of Revolba is, Beshum oifen loy laharbitz liladim. There is no situation to hit a child. Today, you have to be mechanich with the staff of sweetness, and now with the staff of, um, of pain. The era today is an era of freedom, of equality. And you see, with you, we see openly, we see experience t- shows us that um, you hit a child today, you could be 15 years old, he starts crying. You know, back in the day, they were they were made they were tougher. They were made of different material. Nowadays, Americans are made out of marshmallows. You go anywhere near them, now nah, they can't handle it anymore. And therefore, he brings Rav Eliyapliyan, regretted any time he hurt his child, 
And they, then they bring a story that the Revolva once said to his Talmudim, you see that student over there? His father took the broom and bashed it over his head. And, uh, and if he, Revolva said, and if you want to know what I think, I think we should take the broom and bash it over the father's head. Okay, so uh, in fact, Rav Moshe Feinstein uh, in the Masaris Moshe, if you look at number 18, Rav Moshe talks about, you know, parents who hit little children. Rav Moshe writes that a parent who hits a little child is clinically ill. Is uh, Not only that, but, you know, people would come to Rav Moshe for, I don't want to get into too many details, for heterim in uh, certain areas of flat family planning, which Rav Moshe would perhaps be lenient if he saw there was any illness in the parent. If Rav Moshe knew the parent hit the child, in Rav Moshe's mind, the parents were clinically ill, and he would be lenient with them with family planning. So that's how Rav Moshe looked at it. Um, so again, there are, there are two opinions over here. You know, Rav Chaim Knievsky, he has a more literal understanding of what Chazal say. Again, even in the world of Rav Chaim, you know, what are you doing already? You know, once you're not hitting in anger, so now you're totally calm. You bring the kid over. You can't in any way hurt them. You say, Yanko, you know, I'm really disappointed that you did that. And you go like that, you know. So that's what Reb Chaim says. Reb Volvo says, you know, what's that going to do? Just imagine today in America, a 14-year-old kid. You're doing it calmly. You're not inflicting any harm. In a way, it's a joke even to do that. I mean, what, what, what is that doing? In a way, a stern word could be much more penetrating than some kind of, you know, uh, lightweight tap that you're going to give the child in a moment of con- You know, if you say to a child, I'm really disappointed you did that. You know, that could be a lot more powerful than even a, a soft tap, you know, if, if that's what we're talking about. It's interesting, the Sri Deyesh in Chela Gimel, Simon Sadi Hay, he brings a, a, a Shaila that he received about a parent who was very disappointed that their child got involved in uh, doing magic. So you, you see how times are changed. You know, imagine today somebody comes to, you know, to the specialist in Chinuch, you know, ayin, oil oizen shashama, woe to the ear that, ha- that, that has to hear what parents uh, have to endure in, in our generation. But a hundred years ago, you know, what was the worst thing a child did? He was doing magic tricks. You know, doing magic tricks. So, in, in this tshuva, the Swedish Rav Yaakov Yichiel Weinberg, he brings that, um, from the pedagogium hamodarnim, the modern pedagogues, meaning modern child psychology teaches us, this is what he quotes, is that not only should you not hit a child today, but you should not use any type of coercion whatsoever in, in uh, raising your children. Not just physical coercion. Don't take things away from them. Now, Again, this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm in it together with you. I'm trying to learn the ropes just like everybody else. But he says not to use any type of coercion because the way psychology works is any time you use any type of coercion 
to attain what the parent work uh, wants. In today's day and age, with the with the winds in the air of equality, any type of pressure will create create greater stubbornness. So the more you pressure the kid, no, no, I don't let you do this. I'm going to take it away, and you take it away, then they want it more. So the Sudesh does not recommend the parent take away the kid's magic tricks. He says distract them. You know, the kid was learning well. Maybe send them to a different yeshiva, different group of friends, different environment. But he does not. Um, he does not. He's not a proponent of any type of coercion. Forget about physical, but any type of uh, um, kafia or bitsua ratzain bekayach. Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef writes similar to Rabbi Chaim Knievsky. A person is permitted to hit a soft hit to their young child to mechanic them not when you're angry, not more than necessary, and not with any kind of instrument, and not in a mean way, in a, in a way that doesn't inflict any hurt or harm. And if you're an angry kind of guy, a good eighth is wait an hour or two. Usually after that, the person has absolutely no interest in doing it at that point. But that's what Rebavardia says. He says, better to sp- speak to the kids softly, Praise whatever good midah they have. And um, a child less than five, you're not to hit at all for anything. And if you hit them, you're a sinner. But, uh, but to do something soft, that's permitted. Um, now, Rabbi says, what's an example of an egregious act that a child could do that might warrant this soft hit if they're in shul and they're making noise that is the example of the egregious crime the child might be doing what was it? if they're in shul making noise the father is allowed to you know snap at the kid even in the middle of Shema or Shema Esai and if the kid's not getting the lesson that calls for Maka Raka Al Kaf Soft tap on the hand, and um, you're not allowed to talk, even if, but but to do that, that's permitted. And not only that, Rabbi Vagi says even a different person in the shul is allowed to do that. Now ask your local, uh, you know, legislator whether that's uh, within the legalities of of your community. But basically. Um, what Rabavadya seems to side with the opinion of Rav Chaim Knievsky. How about Rav Aaron Leib Steinman? Rav Aaron Leib Steinman says, um, here's the general rule. The general rule is tolerance and sablanus, you end up getting what you want much more than force. So he's not saying you are allowed to, you're not allowed to. Just a Eitzah uh, a you gain more besavlonos than you gain with uh, tekifos. They asked Rab, Rab uh, Aaron Leib Steinman, is it possible to be mechanech without hitting? Rab Aaron Leib said, Shlomo Melch talks about the value of the shevet. But says Rab Aaron Leib, when, when Shlomo Melch talks about hitting, he means one patch and that's it. For how long? A very, very long time. How long is that? Maybe a couple of years. 
So when you talk about someone who spears the rod hates the child, we're talking about, okay, don't spear the rod. But even that rod is once in a very long time. They asked uh, Rabbi Leib's uh, children that you know, how their father uh, dealt with them. And, and uh, Rav Moshe Steinman said, a actual hit was very rare, and only if we did something really bad. Like what? If we, if we were fighting. How, how sparsely spaced were the hits? A couple, it sounds like a couple of years apart. A couple of years apart. You need an app on your phone to have a notification when the time is up, you know? The last time was four and a half years ago. Maybe, you know, some people, they could, when they check their mezuzahs every twice, every seven years. But uh, again, we're talking about, you know, I, I don't mean to disparage it. We're, heaven forbid to do so in a way that inflicts any harm physical, emotional, it's more of a statement, it's more of a statement, but it, it almost seems once, you see, we're taking the whole force out of it, it's almost like, it's almost ridiculous, almost pointless, not at a time of anger, not in a way that hurts, not in a way that uh, is frightening, not in a way that causes emotional distress, so then in such a situation, not a little young child who can't even understand what you're doing, so at that point... I think it's uh, most people understand instinctively that you know a stern word is probably more an effective shevet than the actual uh, physical physical hit. I just want to end off by um, understanding philosophically Alpi uh, Alpi How could it be? That here on the one hand, Shlomo HaMelech says, you know, spear the rod, hate the child. The Mishle is full of the importance of not just giving in to everything a child wants, and the importance of actually using some kind of Shevet. And now we're saying, you know, in our generation, things are different. You really, you really shouldn't be hitting. I mean, we, we can't really apply that to other mitzvah. We don't apply that to any other mitzvah. I mean, it sounds very liberal to say, well, when it comes to Chinuch we have to do things differently today. Is the, the message of the Torah different? The answer is the message of the Torah is not different. And nothing changed. The Torah value didn't change. But we have to understand clearly what was the purpose of hitting a child that the Gemara talks about, that the Pasuk talks about. You know, because you could ask a question. This is the question of the Minchas Yitzchak. The Minchas Yitzchak, Reb Nissen Karelitz also asked this question. Here, are you ready for this question? question is that Chazal tell us that somebody who hits another Jew is over a loisase of loisosef, right? If Bezdin hits excessively, they're over a lav. So how could he hit a child? It's a lav in the Torah. Hit a oh, you'll say you're allowed to hit the child for chinuch. Oh, you could hit him for chinuch. That means you're hitting him to train him. That means you better make sure that this is a hit of training the child to stay on the straight and narrow. Because if there's any anger at all mixed into it, or if you're doing it out of your own frustration, or you're doing it because you're just, you know, you've had it, so then this is not a hit of chinuch. It's a hit of anger. It's just taking out, you're lashing out. So then you're back to the love. It's not like there's a gzeris hakasav in the Torah that you have to go and hit the child. Chas no. You have to be mechanich the child. So you have to make sure, number one, that 
this is a hit of chinuch. And number two, you know, the uh, Sefer Chassidim writes in number 17, in Ois 9.19, Tav Tav Kufi that a child who doesn't understand why the parent is hitting the child, you can't hit the child. So, it's very, very possible in our generation, you, in your mind, what you're trying to instill the child is very important. But in the child's mind, he doesn't really get what you're doing. If he's not going to understand it, if he's going to be wondering, you know, why is, why is my father doing this to me? Then this is no longer a hit of chinuch. By the way, Rav Nissen Karelitz in the Chod Shani, he, he struggles with this question. Hitting is a lav. Chinuch is only a derabanan. So how could the derabanan of chinuch somehow override the lav of hitting a child? So he says that even though, you know, the, the obligation of a father to give a child a luv and esrog, that specific obligation is derabanan, but there is certainly a biblical mandate that the parent has to ensure the child goes on the right path. So hitting falls into that general, let's say, biblical mandate. But if the hitting is in no way a real response of chinuch, and the child doesn't really understand what you're doing, then it reverts back to its uh, original status, and that is, you can't hit another Jew. So, uh, the bottom line is, there seems to be two general viewpoints. You have the viewpoint of Reb Chaim Knievsky and Reb David Goldberg and Reb Avadi Yosef that spear the rod, hate the child. And there, there is a role of uh, uh, shevet, obviously on, on the right conditions in a situation where uh, you're calm and you're not frightening the child and you're not harming the child and you're not hurting the child and you're not affecting your relationship with the child. But there is, even today, um, scenarios where we apply what says, And then you have the approach of Ravova. And in general, this seems to be the more accepted approach, you know, outside, um, in, in what we'll call homes where the children have a degree of exposure to uh, more than just what they, what they see in the cheder, and the, the children do grow up with a certain sense of equality and entitlement, it's, it's perhaps uh, counterproductive to take the approach um, that's mandated by uh, Reb Chaim. Hitting another person is only allowed if you cause a matter, if you cause them to believe. No. Where is the level of hitting another person? Loisoisif. Loisoisif is excessive. Yeah, more if, let's say... Because you might be damaging No, any, even if you don't. If you hit actually... You more than 39 malchus because you might kill him. Yeah, because you might. So you can't hit. 39, you can't. But you can't, you can't hit. You can't hit. So Let me finish up because I, I'm probably going to go over. I'm sorry. How do you get malchus? What? How do you get malchus? Once Bezdin mandates the number of uh, lashes you're allowed to get, you give that. If you give one more... So then you're allowed to hit? Yeah, you're allowed... For that, because that the Torah says... But how you let hit for chinuch? Chinuch is only only the rabbanan. Um, okay, so I kind of get the one second. Let me just let me just um, 
So these are the two general viewpoints. We mentioned from um, Rabbi Yaakov Yichiel Weinberg that just practically speaking, the practically speaking, when you utilize any kind of coercion, uh, most you know modern uh, pedagogues would say it's counterproductive because you're just sort of uh, you're just engendering greater greater stubbornness in the child. So. According to Revolba, so Revolba wants to know, so what does it mean, spare the rod, hate the child? Revolba says there are different kinds of rods. You know, there's a rod of pleasantness. It's, in our generation, it's more advisable to use a rod of pleasantness. If I could add one added uh, dimension to this. In other words, if a parent is going to take sort of the Revolba approach, that nowadays a child uh, cannot handle any type, at any age, under any situation... But on the other hand, Shlomo Amalek says, you know, spare the rod, hate the child. You know, how, how do you deal with that? So, I like to use the following analogy. You know, there, there's something called capital punishment. You know, there's skilas, reifa, harag, v'chenek. But on the but that being said, was it used? Was capital punishment used? So we know the Mishnah says, Amakas and Avzayin. Rabbi Lezben Azari said that um, a Sanhedrin, the, the, the Mishnah brings an opinion, a Sanhedrin that kills once every seven years is called like a murderous Bezdin. Understand? They have, they have four types of capital punishment. And if they kill more than once every seven years, so they're, they're murderers. Rabbi Lezben Azari says once every 70 years. Rav Tarfin um, and Rabbi Kiva said, if we would be in the Sanhedrin, nobody would ever be killed. Rishim Gamliel says not. You're, you're creating more murderers. What do we see from this Mishnah? Do you think Bezdin put up a sign? Nowadays things are different. Now, you know, nowadays nobody, uh, we don't give capital punishment anymore. And uh, you think they advertise this? No, no. Now, Bezdin made it clear there's something called capital punishment. There's something called skila. something called trape. There's something called chav. Practically, they never did it. But the fact that it existed, that was enough to give people a little bit of the fear of God that, you know, it kept them on the straight and narrow. In other words, should a parent tell their child... You know, Revolva says that nowadays, you're not allowed to hit a child. Nowadays, we don't, we don't ever give a shave. We don't ever give a mask. Nowadays, we only give compliments. Now that's... Spear the rod means... Spear the rod means if you take it out of the realm of possibility, you're sparing the rod. But practically... Once every seventy years, at the mo- even that's a lot. In other words, uh, you know, the, sometimes the fact that a certain repercussion exists is enough is enough of a deterrent. So even according to Revolba, here I give another analogy. The Shevet Musar talks about you know back in the day when Ra- Rabbeim would hit. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it now. Nowadays, uh, Rabbi can't. Uh, Rabbi uh, is not to use any force, but Back in the day when the Rebbe did, the Shev Musa would, would talk about 
that a parent, heaven forbid, should bring their kid into the class and say, Rebbe, don't lay your hands on my kid. No, the kid shouldn't know that the Rebbe's not going to hit. Even if the Rebbe's not going to. Again, you know, that was back in the day when the Rabbeim were all Malachi Hashem Savakos and they only did it, you know, with the right intentions. But there's a certain idea that the fact that there is a certain repercussion, albeit it is not used practically. I mean, when you see a police officer, you know, you know when the day there'll be anarchy? When they make a rule that the police can carry a weapon. Now the police are now walking around using it. But the fact that they have it... So I'm not saying that, you know, that in the forefront of a child's mind, this is a regular mode of chinuch. According to everyone, chinuch, hitting is not part of uh, the regular uh, manner and mode and methodology that we train our children. Even according to Reb Chaim, it's something that's used extremely sparingly, ex- extremely rarely. But even according to opinion that it's not used, it's not like we're coming and saying, you know, we live in a different time, and this is not something that's on the table. And we, you know, at least the the fact that the possibility exists also has uh, some value, similar to what we say by uh, the Bezdin. Um whether you should, which approach you should follow, you should discuss with your personal Moira Derach and your uh, Rav and your Mashbia. what's the best uh, approach for your particular family. I'll just end off with one tshuva. From, oh, no, I, actually, I, I, before I do that, yeah, we're ready, we're ready past that. But, um, sorry. <laughs> I, I do want to tell you that everything that was mentioned, uh, you have to make sure that you're not violating any legalities, which I do want to make clear and you should be aware of, that in New York, it is not against the law to hit a child. But that doesn't mean that the New York Administration of Children's Services will not get involved in cases of child discipline. Because in other words, even though it's legal, but if uh, the New York Administration of Children's Services gets involved, then they can make the determination that it's abusive behavior. And that is not a uh, scrutiny that any parent wants to be under. So just be mindful. And I'm reading to you from a very good article on the subject um, in the book, Halachically Speaking, that parents should be mindful that of New York, FCT law 1012, uh, a child could be considered neglected when his physical, mental, or emotional condition has been impaired or is in imminent danger of becoming impaired due to his parent or caregiver, unreasonably inflicting or allowing to be inflicted harm or substantial risk thereto, including the infliction of excessive corporal punishment. Now, you do not want to be subject to a law that says that you can hit, but it can't be unreasonable. Do you want to be subject to some, who knows who, determining whether what the parent did was reasonable or unreasonable? Now, that's the law of child services. Here's the criminal law. New York Penn Law 3510 is narrower in its definition of justification for use of physical force against children. The law states that a parent, guardian, or personal, or a person trusted with the care and supervision of a person under the age of 21 can use physical force, but not deadly physical force upon such a person when and to the extent that he reasonably believes it necessary to maintain discipline or to promote welfare. So basically, some states even define how hard is too hard. 
New York doesn't offer such specifics. Basically, the standard for proving child abuse stemming from corporal punishment is much higher in criminal cases than in family court. So in other words, the danger lies more in you may not be put into jail, but that doesn't mean they're not, it won't affect your custody of your children. So that's another thing that's very important to bear in mind. So before you uh, uh, decide which course of action that you're going to use, you have to be very mindful that um, even though spare the rod, hate the child, but also if you're not going to be in the same house of the child, you also hate your child. You know, So the more important thing is you want to remain in the house. So the bottom line is that uh, in our generation, because of the emotional state of children and because of the realities of the legalities of it, it is not the ideal method to use physical punishment, especially as we mentioned. You can't do it in anger. You can't hurt. It can't cause any physical, emotional distress. So, you know, what exactly are you doing? It's usually much more productive um, to communicate in a, in a clear and firm way. But uh, if, I, if I may, I want to end by... Uh, but, oh, interesting. In 1989... Sorry, I'm keeping you late tonight. But in 1989... The Rabbanut, uh, signed by Ramor Chayelion, Rav Ram Shapira, signed the Kol Koyre in 1989 that parents are no longer allowed to hit their children. That's in the, you know, the, the, the in Shas Tshuvas Harav Harashi, Ramor Chayelion, they signed 1989. That's basically, you know, a yoyvel ago. If that was, if that was in 1989, you know, what would they say in 2023? But, uh, I want to share with you the advice from Moshe Feinstein. He says, regarding advice in raising children, there is no general rule. It depends on every boy, every girl. Some children, they do better with firmness. Some children, they do better with sweetness. But says Moshe, most of the time, you're better off with Naimos and Rakos than uh, anything else. Says Rav Moshe, if when Hashem gave the Torah to Kal Yisrael, He spoke to the women gently, then certainly you have to speak to the uh, children gently. Um, the bottom line is uh, the reality of our times is that children are not made of the same stuff that they once were. It's it's a, it's a practice that's fraught with uh, grave danger. And if a person's going to take the approach, and I'm not, I'm not endorsing either approach. Again, th- this was a sheer. This was not a specific parenting advice. If a person's going to take that approach, they have to make sure that uh, they're doing it in a way that ultimately is accomplishing the purpose of Chinuch, and that is strengthening the relationship with their child and strengthening ultimately their child's understanding and commitment to the Torah. And uh, with the proper preparation and the proper learning and the proper tefillah, Hashem should guide all of us to guide our children. Okay, thank you very much, everyone. Have a wonderful night.